2: the power of their data wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.
3: Swing and a drive, right field and deep. That goes Aquino. It's got a chance gone.
2: Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to Fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean. Good morning.
3: You are listening to Season 1, Episode 14 of 670 The Score's Fly the W podcast. I am Dustin Rhodes, Executive Producer of the Mullion Haw Show on 670 The Score. The guys are on live from 5.30 until 10, Monday through Friday. I... Take you 5 to 5.30, get you set on what happened last night in baseball and everything Chicago sports, leading you up to what's going to happen on Mully and Hall and the rest of the day. On 670 to score, the official radio home of your Chicago Cubs. And as always, I am joined by my pal Crowley. Crowley, good morning. How are you? Good
0: morning. You can find me at Crawley's Cubs on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook, Fly the W and on Twitter and Instagram, Fly the W 670 and our email address, Fly the W 670 at gmail.com.
3: So we're calling this one losing in La La Land. And as the Cubs came into this game, they had won four straight series, um, won six of their previous eight games. Um, We had both said on our earlier podcast from earlier this week, late last week, that two and two would have been awesome. And we both were hoping that the team did not get swept by the Dodgers who are going to be well represented as we found out in the all-star game that is being played in their home stadium. Um, So, We hope that they would not get swept. If you're listening to this, you may already know that they did or didn't get swept. We won't give it away right off the bat, but we had game one on Thursday night. Crowley, let's uh, take them through what happened in that one.
0: Well, you know, the games, all of the games for the most part were pretty close. And a lot of the times the Cubs were leading. They just struggled to finish up. And so... Game one was Mark Leiter Jr. versus Tony Gonsolin. We talked about you maybe laying down some dollars uh, but uh, on this game here. Gosling was as good as advertised. There's a reason that guy's an all-star. Seven innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs with three strikeouts. The Dodgers hit four home runs in this game, three off Mark Leiter and one off of Michael Rucker. Mookie Betts, all-star, hit two. Gavin Lux and Justin Turner also homered. top of the fifth the Cubs were down for nothing because of three of those home runs one of them uh, had a, a Dodger that came in on it and the other were two were solo home runs uh, Mookie Betts started off the home run party in the first inning but uh, Chris Murrell in the top of the fifth he hits a home run uh, Alfonso Rivas was along for the ride so all of a sudden it's a 4-2 game and uh, it's a close one right not bad bottom of the eighth Mookie Betts hits a solo home run to make it five to two in the ninth inning. Old friend Craig, Kimbrel Kimbrell comes on for the save. He gets two outs really quick, but then half singles and Suzuki doubles half scores. And now we got ourselves a five, three game. There's a wild pitch by Kimbrell wisdom walks, and now they are going to replace Kimbrell. He doesn't finish the inning. Alex Vasilla comes on and he gets Nelson Velasquez to strike out and Cubs lose game one. Five to three, but you know, in general, I thought that uh, Leiter Jr. pitched well. He gave up home runs to a really good team. Two to Mookie Betts, who's one of the best players in the game. It was better than what I thought would happen.
3: Yeah, I mean, some people again would talk about you know, development versus wins, and some people would say it's better to give up that solo home run for a young pitcher than to walk a guy. That you'd rather have the guy throwing strikes, have command of his pitches. And if he gets the better of you with nobody on base, all right, tip the cap and move on to the next guy. So hopefully this is a game that uh, Lighter can learn from. You got to love that Chris morell continues to, um, you know, show some pop and show some power. Um, and then it was always fun. I'm following along on my phone on that one as I was out of town and seeing Kimberl in there. And I thought there was a chance I might get that over in that one. The the total of course was nine in that game and it was five to three. So just a run short, but I thought Kimbrell might actually give me a chance. He just, boy, even, even the way he wanted it, he wanted to come in, in the ninth with nobody on base. And that's how he has to roll. And he, he's been okay for them but his uh his stats are are not great. He does have a decent amount of saves. So, you know, good to see Suzuki still doing it, Ian Happ doing what Ian Happ's been doing all season long. So, game 1 goes to the Dodgers 5 to 3. We move over to game 2 Crowley and we had Keegan Thompson on the hill in that one.
0: Yep, Keegan versus Tyler Anderson and We talked on the last episode, I was excited because Keegan is a much different pitcher than when the Dodgers saw him in early May and the Dodgers came into Wrigley and swept the Cubs and Tyler absolutely pitched very well in this game. Um, In the bottom of the second, Keegan got in a little bit of trouble. He loaded the bases with one out, but he gets Cody Bellinger to strike out swinging and Gavin Lux to fly out. So good to see him kind of get out of that jam. Then we get to the top of the fifth, no score. Nico Horner with a home run to left center. That's his fifth of the season. And the Cubs are up one to nothing. Top of the sixth, Bodie and Morrell started off with back to back singles. There's a wild pitch by Anderson, which advances the runners. Ian Happ again rolling. He has a double. And the Cubs are up three nothing. Everything looks good, but still in that sixth inning wisdom hits a sacrifice fly. So Hap is at second. He moves to third on the sack fly. So you only have one out here, right? You got a runner at, you know, you're, you're right there. You're in good shape there. And Suzuki hits one right back to Tyler Anderson. And it was with the old contact play and Hap gets caught in a rundown is tagged out and Horner flies out. So you kind of felt like, man, you really, Against the Dodgers, not, I mean, against any team, you want to play clean baseball and you want to not leave runners at third with one out or zero outs. But that one, you just said, oh, that's yeah, going to come can't, back. You to can't fight. make
3: mistakes against a team like the LA Dodgers. You just absolutely can't. And Crowley, is it me or have you noticed like the, the contact play this year in baseball, maybe it's just the North side and the South side of Chicago, but it just seems like that is going on constantly in baseball this year.
0: It, it is frustrating. It feels that way. And, you know, it, it's, Every time it happens, it seems to not work. There is one instance that it does work in this series, but uh, more often than not, it just leads to a, a, a dumb out.
3: That's right. Dumb out is the best way to describe it.
0: So that, you know, no big deal. All right. You know, Cubs are up three, nothing. You're hoping everything good goes okay. Bottom of the six, Thompson's dealing. Two outs. Freddie Freeman hits one of those bloop doubles. Wasn't anything against the wall or something that the outfielders running to have to get. He just hit it where they weren't. He's on second. And then Will Smith, not the guy who slaps people, but the guy who slaps hits, <laughs> he hits an easy fly ball to say a Suzuki. Inning should be over. He drops it. A total Brant Brown. I hear Ron Santo,
3: oh, oh no, I hear <laughs> he it in my head. the
0: ball. Oh, God. <laughs> Freeman scores, and you say to your, now it's three to one, and you're like, okay, now that's mistake number two in the game. You, you cannot, now that's number two you give him. So unfortunately for Keegan on that one, he was dealing, that was 5.2 innings. He gave up two hits, one run. None of them earned with eight strikeouts, but he should have gone sixth inning. He didn't because of what happened with Seah, uh with that ball. And so they pulled him after that and, and that was it. So, you know, great, great outing by Keegan, but, but that just, that really hurts there. So in the bottom of the seventh, Chris Martin relieved Thompson to end that sixth inning. He comes out in the seventh. Jake Lamb, who's always seemed to kind of haunt the Cubs wherever he's been at, he hits a home run. Now that lead is down to three to two. Bottom of the ninth, David Robertson in for the save. Justin Turner singles. Jake Lamb walks. Bellinger grounds into the force out. You got runners in the corners with one out. He walks Gavin Lux and then Mookie Betts with a sack fly to tie the game. So two walks in the inning for David Robertson. It was the second blown save he had in the week, the one he had in Milwaukee on Monday night. The Cubs don't score in the bottom, of the top of the 10th, who comes in, but my buddy Rowan Wick in the bottom of the 10th. <laughs> Trey Turner on second, Freeman intentionally walk, which was the smart move. And then Will Smith with another flare single and the Dodgers win
3: four to three. That- so, you know, Crowley going back though, we talk about, Development versus winning the game. When you get to the bottom of the ninth and you get David Robertson into the game, okay, why not, here's my second guessing of of the manager, why not walk Mookie? Why not walk Mookie there? I mean, load the bases, right? Load the bases and then let's see what happens. Why not? I mean, Mookie already, we're only two games in and he's absolutely dominating you. Come on. Right, try right. to try to hold on to that win. Do not let him beat you. And that's essentially what you did. Mookie Betts beat your best guy in David Robertson. And you could say, well, hey, David Robertson's got the stuff. He's a he's a premier closer in the game. And their best guy got our best guy. But I would I would have liked to have seen them walk him load the bases and then see what happened from there.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, the result, you, you know, you got him fly out and unfortunately it shouldn't have been a big deal if you don't walk uh you know uh lamb and lux right and so it's frustrating as heck that was that was Robertson's fifth blown save in 17 chances and every time he does that it 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 hurts his trade value and and i don't know if he's going to get the return that uh, the cubs hoped he might have
3: yeah, that game would have that game would have definitely helped in the check mark in his favor. That that was an important one for not only himself but for the Cubs, assuming that they'd want to be uh, moving that guy.
0: So the Cubs are now three and nine in that extra inning courtesy runner situation, and they're now ten and sixteen in one run games, and that's what you could see. They're, they're not a great team, and they they don't know how to close it out. You know that they're not there yet,
3: right? They're just they're just not quite there yet but hey listen first two games they're hanging with you know a really really good team on the road they're hanging with them should have been a split for sure should have you should have definitely won one of the two first games especially the second game but then we move into game three and this is the one that we of course penciled in right away that we would we as cub fans and the cubs would lose as clayton kershaw was on the bump
0: yeah And Kershaw, once again, tosses a gem, 7.2 innings pitched, five hits, two runs. Only one of those were earned with 10 Ks. Strowman's back. He pitched okay. He went four innings. He gave up two hits, one walk, three Ks, but he threw 59 pitches. So that was it for him. Uh, Kind of like a
3: spring training start, Crowley, almost.
0: Absolutely. It's been a while since he pitched. He was supposed to pitch last time they faced Baltimore and uh, hasn't been really seen much since then. So... You know, he's working his way back, and it was, like you said, like a spring training start is okay. The Cubs get on the board first, top of the fifth, Suzuki singles. Horner hits into a ground rule double. You got runners at second and third, no outs. Hap strikes out, unfortunately. Gomes hits a sack fly, which allows Suzuki to score. Cubs are up one nothing. P.J. Higgins grounds out. Threat is ended. So you thought you could have had more there. You got one. You would have liked to have more, but the Cubs are up one nothing in the fifth, but in the bottom of the sixth, Trey Turner doubles. Freddie Freeman flies out. Will Smith singles, and that's all Trey Turner needs. That guy's fastest, uh, just unbelievable blazing speed. The game's tied at one. Top of the seventh, Wisdom doubles. Suzuki grounds out. Uh, Wisdom steals third. Horner hits a ball to Trey Turner, and this is the contact play there working. Go. Here we go. Yo. Wisdom goes on contact. The throw by Turner was bad. It bounces off their catcher wisdom scores and the cups are up two, not two to one. So congratulations. It finally worked. Bottom of the seventh, uh, Rowan Wick enters the game. <laughs> oh God.
4: Oh God.
3: Every time uh, I see him out, I think of you. I hope all the podcast listeners think the same. literally, as soon as I see Rowan Wick come out, I think Crawley, my
0: stomach turns. I pace around the room. I'm, I'm in bad shape. It's not good. I, I, Jake Lamb, the first battery faces Jake Lamb, Homers to tie the game at two. Gavin Lux and Bellinger go back to back singles. I don't know why Austin Barnes bunts. I don't know if David Robertson called that. Lux is out at third runners at first and second. Bet singles, you got the bases loaded. Turner pops out. You have two outs, but you got bases loaded in order to put Freddie Freeman who singles. Bellinger and Barnes score in the Cubs trail four to two, and that's essentially your ball game.
3: Yep, that is the ballgame, Crowley. So the Cubs lose that one, 4-2. to two. They have now lost three in a row to the Dodgers as we limp into Sunday afternoon, and we're hoping that we're not going to get swept. We're hoping that Cub fans will get at least one out in la-la land, and we are seeing Drew Smiley for the first time in a long time on the Hill for the Cubs.
0: Yeah, you had Smiley. Uh, He comes off the IL uh, Michael Ruckers option to Iowa. You got Smiley versus Urias. The Cubs in this game had two five-run leads and couldn't hold either of them. Uh, Nico starts out the scoring with an RBI single. The Cubs lead 1-0. P.J. Higgins hits his first career grand slam. The Cubs are up 5-0 in the first. Everybody's feeling relaxed and happy and enjoying it. But we get to the bottom of the first. Betts walks. Turner singles. With one out, Will Smith doubles. It makes it 5-1. to one. Justin Turner singles. Trey scores, making it 5-2. to two. Max Muncy would hit a sack 5, making it 5-3. to three. Top of the third. Cubs come back again. Horner singles. P.J. Higgins walks. David Bodie, you remember him. He hits the first home run of the season. His first home run of the season. And the Cubs are up 8-3. to three, So they get those runs back. Then... Bottom of the third, Uh, the wheels fall off. Drew Smiley gives up a double to Freddie Freeman. His day is done. Matt Swarmer comes into the game. Pass ball, that's charged to Higgins. Freeman to third. Will Smith grounds out, but Freeman scores. Game's eight-four. Justin Turner singles. Max Muncy doubles. Trace Thompson walks. You got the bases loaded. Jake Lamb strikes out. You got two outs. Maybe you get out of this. Nope. Gavin Lux walks. Eight to five. You walk in a run there. Swarmers pulled. In comes Matt Mark Leiter, who started game one.
3: Unbelievable that they go into him. I, I was shocked.
0: And it looks like here, key play of the game, Mookie bets. You know, you got where to put him, but hey, you're going to pitch to him. A ball is hit to Wisdom, who throws a low throw. And the first baseman of this game is David Bode. I'm sorry. David Bodie is not a first baseman. So no. should the, the throw to Wisdom... Should have been better, but Bodie can't pick it, and so that's a huge error. Muncy and Thompson score, Lux gets to third, uh, Betts makes it to second on that, and the Dodgers now trail 8-7. to seven. Next batter, Trey Turner singles, Lux and Betts scores, and now the Dodgers, who are down 8-3 to start the inning, are up nine to
3: eight. And again, we talked about it earlier in the podcast, Crowley. You can't make mistakes when you're playing really good teams. And this is another, just uh, just a flat out mistake. And it cost them.
0: I'm always going to say too, though, put your players in the best position they can to succeed. David Bodie, I mean, that's hard to play first. It's not like anyone could just go over there, at least play a good first baseman. Wisdom, you know, his defense has kind of been a little bit, Less than I like. If
3: anything, you could have switched those two, right? You could have seen Wisdom at first and Bodie at third. Potentially,
0: but but you know it's it was he just I thought that a decent first baseman makes that pick. Wasn't the worst throw. Definitely wasn't a great throw. It just was annoying. Anderson Espinosa comes in for some mop up. He goes three innings. He gives up a home run in the sixth to Freddie Freeman give the Dodgers a 10-8 lead. Freeman would add an RBI single in the seventh to make it 11 to eight. And Nelson Velasquez would Homer in the eighth. And that would be it. The Cubs lose 11 to nine, no chances to fly the W swept, but Cubs had so many opportunities in this series to get the split that we talked about. And they just, whether it's, whether it's hitting with runners in scoring position whether it's defense, whether it's base running mistakes, whatever you want to call it to, they just they just, you can see the difference between one of the best teams in the National League and the Dodgers and one of the worst teams in the National League and the Cubs. That's the difference right there.
3: Yeah, still quite a ways to go for the Cubs to be back into contention. So the Cubs end up losing all seven games this season against the Dodgers. They've now lost 10 in a row. Dating back to last year, and the last time they won out in LA was when they threw that combined no hitter, right? Back in July, late July, they threw a combined no hitter against the uh, the Dodgers. That's the first time they've won back then. So, no fly in the W. The brooms come out, and we'll just have to uh, we'll just have to wait and see as the Cubs. As we're recording this on Monday morning, the Cubs have a day off. You're listening to. Season 1, episode 14, we're calling this one Losing in La La Land. And what we like to do is we like to help you guys learn about the Minor League Cubs. No reason we're not going to do it again this week. Crowley's got a great interview with you from with a Myrtle Beach Pelican pitcher, a local guy made good. Here's that interview.
0: Joining me now on Fly the W is Tyler Schlafer in a new feature that we are calling Meet Your Minor League Cubs. Tyler, how are you doing today?
4: I'm good. How are you? Uh,
0: doing great. Glad you could join us. Uh, I'm glad you're the first person that we have on here because you are a local boy done good here. You grew up in Homewood, Illinois. You went to yep. Homewood Flossmore High School. Uh, so you've been around the Chicagoland area your whole life. You grew up a Cubs fan, right?
4: Yeah, I did grow up a Cubs fan. I was on the South Side, but grew up a Cubs fan. So
0: That must be good parenting skills, I'm guessing. But, oh, uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> made the you, right choice.
0: <laughs> well, especially because well, you know, you got to see some of the greatest Cubs baseball in history. You got you were yeah. you know, you're you're a high school you're in high school when they win the World Series, right?
4: Yep. Yep, 2016, high school. I was a sophomore. That's high amazing.
0: School. And 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 how many times do you, would you say have you been to Wrigley in your lifetime?
4: Countless. I mean, probably 50, hundred,
0: And during around. that, nice, during that time period, did you ever, was there somebody that you just absolutely had to watch uh, during that 2015, 16, 17 run?
4: Uh, I mean, I loved Javi Javier Baez. I mean, he's just fun to watch. I mean, you can't hate the guy. So, I mean, it was really him, just like the energy he brought. I loved it.
0: And you say it's a dream of yours to pitch at Wrigley, so we're really hoping yep. one day to see you on the mound. That would be absolutely amazing.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh so, yeah, that would be surreal. So,
0: now not only did you go to Homewood Flossmore, but you were committed to go to UIC, which again, you know, Chicago yep. College there. But the Cubs yep. were able to pry you away. What was that like uh, when the Cubs said, "Hey, we want we want you to sign." You were a 2019 ninth mm-hmm. round pick.
4: Yeah, I mean it was a it was a long day, day two of the draft. Uh, I mean one of the last rounds of that day, so it was kind of a lot of sitting around that day, and then uh agent. Uh, said the Cubs called for the ninth round. I was like, one hundred percent. No matter what, <laughs> no matter what.
0: So, yeah, you, can't, you can't pass that up when when the team you grew up rooting for wants you to play for
4: them, right? Uh, exactly. Exactly.
0: So you head out to Arizona to pitch for the ACL Cubs in twenty nineteen, and I you know I've been out there many a times in Mesa, and it's just the facilities are absolutely phenomenal. You must have been blown away.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, going from a high school, <laughs> high school facility to then the Mesa complex—I mean, it's it's insane what they have there.
0: Now, you actually—you would have been at uh, Mesa the same time as Javier Baez. Did you get to meet him, talk to him, any of that?
4: Uh, I saw him a couple times, but I mean, that was about it. Uh, we don't—we didn't really talk to those guys that much. <laughs> so.
0: Now. Hard because you, you get there in Mesa, you get a couple months in there, and then 2020, the COVID season, there's no minor league season. How, what did you do to keep in shape during that time period?
4: Uh, I mean, I worked with the the great strength staff we have, and uh, me and uh, Ryan Clawson kind of just – he was my guy uh, that would, like, keep in touch with me throughout things. So just grinded through the COVID and uh, grinded and uh, waited until that was over, put on some weight. That was the main focus for the, the COVID year. So I gained about like 20 pounds in that time frame. So, I mean, just put in the work in that aspect. Thankfully, I had a place to uh, work out during COVID. So, I mean, it was tough, but we got it done.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so in 2021, you start in Arizona, but then you make the move to Myrtle Beach. And that's where you are right now, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. You were their uh, 2022 opening day starter. That had been exciting.
4: Yeah, I mean it was fun, Charleston. I guess say there are some rivals. Yeah. So I mean that's fun.
0: And not only that, uh, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans had an absolutely amazing first half of your season. Tell us about the season so far.
4: Yeah, I mean this team. I mean you could tell something special from the start. I mean all the guys we just kind of clicked together, kind of bonded, and uh, guys went their separate ways. But this team, I mean we're still going strong. And uh, we're still trying to win ball games, fighting for each other. But, um, I mean, it's been, it's been a great start. So hopefully we can just keep that up, keep that rolling.
0: Now, obviously, you know, being a Cub fan, that you know, the Cubs didn't really do a great job of developing pitching during that run that they had. But now it seems like the system has more and more pitchers, guys that are maybe high-profile, guys that are maybe under the radar. If you were to talking to a Cub fan right now, which pitchers would you tell them, hey, you got to be watching this guy?
4: I mean there's too many to even name, but uh <laughs> I'm gonna have to shout out uh definitely uh Palencia, he's in high A right now. Um Cole Franklin, uh DJ Erz, obviously. Everyone knows about him. But um uh I mean Porter Hodge, he's been kinda of a sleeper this year. Uh put in some work in the off season. So I mean all those guys are going to be special. So,
0: Yeah, and, and you know, when I was out in Arizona and, and we have a mutual friend, Rich Bisterfield, he was just pointing yeah. out all these pitchers, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's just so much talent in yeah. this system. It's, it's got to be exciting yeah. to know, you know, when you look at what's going on in South Bend and Tennessee, and, and obviously Myrtle Beach was the best of them all when you talk about minor league uh, yeah. as far as the results are concerned. <clears throat> it, it's it's got to be fun to be part of this going on right now.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's – the witnessing it firsthand is just, like, it's different. I mean, like, we're just so used to winning and, like, the culture is just, like, such a different vibe and you could tell that, like, everyone wants to win a ball game and just, like, everyone has each other's back. So, I mean, it's been really fun.
0: Not only do you guys been developing pitching down there, you've had some pretty incredible hitters. Uh, a lot of people were watching Pete Crow Armstrong and it, before he yeah. moved up to South Bend. I mean, the outfield that you guys had was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but but watching PCA and some of the Myrtle Beach starts, that was that had to have been something.
4: No, Pete, uh, I mean, he's just different out there. It's like, ball's in the air, all right. You know it's getting caught. You don't even have to turn around, no matter where it is. And uh, when he gets up to the plate, I mean... You could tell pitchers try to change their whole approach when he comes up to the plate and he still gets on base. So, I mean, watching him play was, it was unreal.
0: Now, you feature what? Fastball, uh, changeup, curveball. Which of those pitches do you like throwing the best? Which do you think is your out pitch?
4: Uh, I love the changeup. So, and I uh, just started developing my slider. So, I've been flashing that a couple of times throughout the games. But, uh, I mean, fastball, changeup are my, was my bread and butter.
0: Now, when you guys are in the complex in Arizona, are there any other pitchers that you guys kind of kind of talk through each other, work with each other, those type of things when you're there in Arizona? Because obviously, you go your own way once the season starts. You're in different levels, but are there guys that you like to kind of hang out with and kind of you know just maybe swap stories or just look at pitch grips or anything like that?
4: Uh, I mean, we all kind of feed off each other. It's like if you have a question, I mean. We're, I feel like all the pitchers, I mean, we all get along no matter what level, how old. And uh, if you have a question, I mean, the people are going to answer it for you because I mean, that's just how it is. So, I mean, but I mean, everyone has their own groups really kind of like off the field, but when we're at the field, everyone's like clicks together. So it's nice.
0: Would you say there's any veteran pitchers on the Cubs staff that kind of helped you out during, uh, during spring training at all?
4: Oh, uh, I'd have to think. Um, I would say, hmm. I mean, guys that have been through college, I mean, talking with like like Ryan Jensen and uh, like Max Bain and like a lot of those guys, just the older ones. I mean, there's too many to name. I mean, talk to all of them, and they're all really nice and just helpful, so. And as, as a young guy, it's like, <laughs> Yeah.
0: And I'm an older guy, and I always I love when I get to see uh, Rick Sutcliffe out there. Are there any retired players that talk to you young guys and kind of give you some advice or help you out with some things?
4: Uh, not me personally, but um, I know that uh, like those older guys that are around, like the guys that uh, maybe like rehabbing from the bigs, uh, like Cohen Moreno. I know he shared a lot of stories with Jonathan Holder when he was down there and uh some of the other big leaguers so i mean it's just nice to have a conversation with them too and like they're so open and uh just like telling us how they went about things so
0: now you've been a starter for the for for most of your time at Myrtle Beach correct have you done any yes. relieving at all
4: uh i have not i have mm-hmm. not done any relieving
0: so it it's it's got to be like i said we're it's going to be fun to kind of watch how you and and all the other young guys develop uh we're as cub fans Again, this season has been tough uh, to watch as, as far as big league level, but watching what's going on in yeah. the minors has been absolutely exciting. And you have been a part of it and we're looking forward to seeing you. Hopefully, like you said, follow your dreams and at Wrigley field. And then and, and i hope I'm hoping to be there when you're one day taking the mound out there.
4: Oh yeah, for sure. That's the plan.
0: All right, Tyler, thank you for your time. Where can people find you if they want to follow you and kind of pay attention to what's going on in, in, with, with, with your development?
4: Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Instagram is Tyler Twitter is uh Tyler Schlafer zero one.
0: Tyler. I appreciate you coming on being the first player guest we've ever had on fly the W and wishing you nothing but success for the rest of the season and the rest of your career.
4: Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: Take care, Tyler.
3: You're listening to the fly, the W podcast, 670 the score season one, episode 14. We called this one losing in la la land as the Cubs were swept in all four games by the Dodgers. But the All-Star game is going to be played in L.A. And on Sunday, we learned who else was rounding out the National League All-Star team and the rest of the All-Star selections. So earlier, we had found out that Wilson Contreras made his third All-Star game. He'll be the catcher for the National League. And during the game on Sunday, we heard that Ian Happ was voted in by the players, managers, and coaches crowd.
0: Yeah, Wilson Couture is a starter. That's awesome. The, the fans spoke, and he will get that honor. Not only that for Wilson, but he his brother, William, was named to the team. So the brothers are going to be in Los Angeles together, and if you remember when they played earlier in the year, when they played Atlanta at Wrigley, he talked about if the two of them were to be All-Stars, that would just be, to him, he said it would be bigger than the World Series to him. I, I don't know about that, but but what an honor. But I want to kind of play a little clip here. Uh, David Ross talked to the beat reporters before the game on Sunday, and he talked about how he told Ian Happ that he made an All-Star game, and I thought it was pretty cool.
1: He may kill me for saying this, but uh, it was just, you know, I went over some All-Star details. I, I called a small meeting, and, and I figured his radar might be up, so I made sure I gave the uh, the All-Star break. Uh, details of how we we're going to travel and things and, and what we we're going to do. And then uh, I just finished it with, um, you know, and a congratulations to Ian Happ. And uh, he just put his uh, hands in his head, uh, his, his head in his hands, uh, and just, you know, got super emotional. And then all his teammates started uh, clapping really loud and, and a lot of hugs. Happer has been as consistent of a player as I've ever seen him be. And, and the fact he gets rewarded that being an all star, he's deserving of that. Uh, I think he's um, up to his game, just not offensive numbers, but his defense, his base running, his all around um, game has been stellar. And um, I'm so happy for him. He was really emotional in there. And um, I think that's a, you know, uh, a guy that's puts a lot of pressure on himself, believes in himself and see that pay off is, uh, I'm super happy for him.
0: When we talk about this, I mean, how awesome Rossi, you know, just does that in front of everybody because usually before the all-star, you know, break, you kind of start to, you know, let everybody know what the plans are as far as, okay, you're going to be gone for a week and we'll meet back here and do this. To do that in front of his teammates, Ian Happ has had his ups and downs. Uh, You remember uh, a few years back, it was, you know, he was demoted to the minors, which kind of shocked some people. Uh, Last year he lost his starting position he had a really rough first uh, half of the season, worked his way back into David Ross's good graces. And, you know, it's always uh, Ian Hap talked after the game, too. And he was really emotional about this uh, for, you know, for guys that it comes easy and, and, and there you know, haven't been that many bumps and struggles. You know, sometimes you expect it for Ian, you know, who, who has had to work through some things. It truly was a great moment and super excited for Ian to get that honor.
3: Yeah, it's good for him he's a uh, friend of the uh of the program at the score he's on with uh, Bernstein every week does a great job he's got some coffee he's a big coffee guy I- I'm really I'm really happy for him another guy I'm happy for is former cub and who I wish was still a cub in Kyle schwarber he is going to also be part of the National League outfield or Dh crew out in la for the all-star game
0: yeah he is, he has been on a tear lately and 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 when you meet Schwarber he's probably one of the the nicest guys you'll ever meet and so you just want to see continued success for a guy like that so uh, I think it's going to be fun that Ian and uh, Schwarbs are going to be reunited
3: absolutely it's always still fun even with interleague play and and cable and all the different platforms to watch uh, baseball nowadays it still is a special night for people. Of our age, Crowley, I hope kids get into it. At least watch the introductions. I don't care if your favorite guy from your favorite team gets in the game. It's cool to see the guys line up up the first base side, up the third base line, and get introduced and tip the cap.
0: Dustin, I got to ask you, um, Manford, and this may be actually a good idea. I don't know. I want to hear your opinion on it. I, I usually kind of uh, am, am pretty rough on Rob Manford, but they have this new thing in the All-Star game here where it's called the Legends where the um, commissioner can pick a couple players that didn't get voted in or aren't in to be a part of the all-star game. And this year there are two players that are going to be uh, honored, Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. So even though they weren't uh, voted by the fans or selected by the players or, and coaches, they are going to be part of the all-star team. And I wanted your take on that.
3: Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, other than the fact that Pujols is a, is a Cardinal, I, I like it. Um, he also spent some time with the Dodgers and the Anaheim team, if you consider that LA. So it makes sense. It's good for the game. It's going to get some more eyes on the game. I I think it, it makes all the sense in the world. Um, you know, I would guess that both those guys will probably start the game as the DH for each prospective team would be what I would guess, or maybe both guys will start at first base, but I would get it. If your favorite player from your favorite team didn't get to start the game or lost a couple of innings to these guys where you might not like it, but I think overall it's a good move. It's good for the game.
0: Yeah. And like you said, I I love all-star, you know, the whole, everything, the home run derby, the game. I'm one of those people that grew up on that. Like we've talked about before. So Glad to see the Cubs represented and, and, you know, all the, all the guys that we talked about are just, you know, it's going to be fun to watch them.
3: All right. It's Monday. The Cubs get a much deserved and needed day off. And then they are back at beautiful Wrigley field on Tuesday, which also happens to be Crowley's birthday. So an early happy birthday to Crowley. And they're going to take on the red hot Baltimore Orioles for a two game set at Wrigley field Crowley.
0: Yeah. My favorite even number of games. Uh, they only, they played one game against his, each other this season, the Cubs lost nine to three and Keegan Thompson had his worst. That was just a bad, bad start. That was the first time we really saw him not look good. And so, um, just keep in mind, similar to the pirates, you know, we get these things in our heads because the pirates have been bad for so long. Same with Baltimore. Baltimore's kind of been a joke for a while and they are not, the same team that you're going to think of. So when we lost, I remember when we were talking about Baltimore before, we were kind of like, Oh, you know, this should be a couple wins before you get to New York. And and then, then I started kind of looking deeper. They, they are a much different team. And right now uh, they are 43 and 44. Think about that. 43 and 44 in the AL East. So they have to constantly play the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, The Tampa Bay Rays, these are all great teams they got to play. And they're basically playing 500 ball. So they're on an eight game winning streak there. So, you know, this is this is a team that, you know, prior to the season, you know, when you looked at the calendar and the schedule and it came out, you circled that for you said, oh, if we don't get three out of four wins, that's going to be disappointing. Now you look at it and you say to yourself, okay, this Baltimore team's a little bit different. So we'll see
3: what happens. Right. Just don't get swept and let's not have a six game losing streak by the time we're back uh, wrapping up that series later on in the week. Game one starters. Yeah, we
0: have Adrian Sampson, who looks really good his last couple times out. He's zero and zero. So he doesn't have a win yet, but he's got a 291 ERA, which is looking pretty good, versus Jordan Lyles, five and seven with a 450 ERA. I will be at that game Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night for my birthday, and I'm, I'm excited to see Adrian Sampson pitch.
3: All right. Well, since you're there, let's get us a win, Crowley. I know your record hasn't been fantastic so far this year in attendance. And then Game Two, everybody should be watching and listening as Keegan Thompson is on the bump for the Cubs.
0: Yeah, Keegan seven and three with the three sixteen ERA is going to be taking on Spence Watkins at two and one and a four fifteen ERA the redemption game for Keegan Thompson here. Uh, he's seven. In, he, he, Like I said, he struggled last time out mightily against Baltimore. They knocked him out. I think they touched him up for like seven runs or something like that. And so you, you, you really want to see Keegan come out and, and kind of give it right back to Baltimore. I would like to see him get through six, maybe
3: seven innings. Redemption game. I like it. I think it is important. I like to know what Keegan Thompson learned from that last outing against the Orioles. All right. So prediction time, I'm going to say one out of two and just please don't get swept. I'll stick with
0: that one out of two. And, and, and I'm going to say if I got a cub player, that's going to click, I want to see it be Keegan Thompson. That's my, that's my cub to click right there. Keegan Thompson. I see him really kind of wanting to get back at the Orioles and taking care of business.
3: Well, let's hope the offense is clicking as well. Let's hope the bats stay as hot as they were Sunday out in L.A. That is a wrap on Season 1, Episode 14. We called this one Losing in La La Land as the Cubs were swept by the Dodgers, and they now welcome in the Orioles to beautiful Wrigley Field.
0: And please for, remember to follow all our socials. You can uh, download this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us at Facebook at Fly the W. Instagram and Twitter at Fly the W670 and we have our email account at Fly the W 670 at gmail.com.